0: Welcome to Cryptic Chronicles, a podcast dedicated to exploring all of the mysteries surrounding this ineffable universe we call home. Today on the show, I'm going to interview a paranormal investigator named Lydia Eustace, who's actually part of a whole paranormal investigating team called The Path of Souls, or The Path of Souls Paranormal. And we're going to go into detail about everything her team does when they're conducting these paranormal investigations as well as some of their cases and anything scary that they may have encountered. But one thing to note about this episode is the audio quality is kind of off when I talk. I'm using a new program to record when I have a guest and haven't quite figured it out yet. But there's like a weird reverb thing when I talk sometimes and sorry, there's like nothing I can do about it. Uh, Next time I won't have it. I'll try and figure out how to avoid that. But for this episode that's in there. If you happen to be a audio editor, though, and you want to hit me up and tell me how to remove it, I would gladly re-upload this episode to have perfect audio quality. But uh, let's get started, shall we? I'm your host, Tim Hacker, and you're listening to Cryptic Chronicles. All right. So we're live. Thank you for joining me today, Lydia Eustis from the Path of Souls Paranormal Team, founded in 1999 by Juanita Espinoza Aragon, and includes John and Melinda Ivy, Mark Trujillo, and Frankie Marty. Am I pronouncing those names correctly?
1: Um, close enough, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The organization is dedicated to the study of paranormal research and adhere to a professional code of ethics and standards in scientifically based research. And their in-depth research has made many fascinating discoveries. Welcome. So can you tell me what exactly brought your team together? And can you just give me a basic overview of what
1: you do? Yes, of course. Um, Well, we are a paranormal investigation team, as uh, that's already been said. And um, we do help people uh, who are experiencing any kind of paranormal phenomenon, whether they're either, you know, um, interested in it or curious about it or if they're having issues um, or afraid for that matter. We do like to come in and investigate and uh, find out if we would say their property is truly haunted or not. So that's what we do. Um, and then we also do, you know, whatever research we can, um, find out, you know, if there's been any type of, uh, you know, history of the building and and whatnot. And, um, we came together originally, um, Juanita, uh, she was the founder of the team. She's the one that created the team and she had her own team. Um, she actually took me under her wing, um, because, I wanted to be a part of a team Um, you know I was inspired um, while these paranormal shows that come on TV and whatnot (laughs) Um, I was watching um, a bunch of them one time I was going on like a marathon and I got curious so I decided to look it up of how to become part of a team so I emailed um, several teams here locally um, in New Mexico And she's one that responded um, and she kind of welcomed me with open arms and brought me on her team. So that's how I um, became a part of Path of Souls. And um, we also brought on uh, Mark Trujillo, He was the next one to come on. And at that point, um, she decided that she was ready to retire and uh, she was going to go ahead and hand the team over to me. So I am now the team leader of Path of Souls, and I brought on uh, John and Melinda Ivy, and I also brought on Frankie Mart. So now um, we are our own team, and I I keep her there. I call her my mentor now because anytime I need any type of advice or or whatnot when it comes to the paranormal, she's always there to answer any of my questions.
0: Awesome. What kind of uh, equipment do you use? Like what kind on a normal investigation?
1: There's uh, several different types of equipment and there's more technology coming out um, every single day, it seems. But the basics, um, basically, I use a full spectrum camera, me personally, and I use a voice recorder. Um, And I also have some other things. I have some EMF devices, which um, they measure electromagnetic fields. So if there's any type of entity um, in the room, then it will spike and it will let us know, you know the higher the number, then you know the more um, you know validity we can give it. And uh, my um, one of my team members, Mark, he has several different devices actually, some that are called periscopes. They light up with static. Um, and anytime something is near it or around it, You know, they'll light up. And I think those are my favorite out of what he has. And um, I also am uh, using, going to be using a night vision um, video camera as well. So there's so many. I mean, I can go on and on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So has your
0: team ever captured spirits on film?
1: As a matter of fact, yes. Um, we captured a couple of things at this one small location here in New Mexico. Um, I brought on a guest investigator. He um, he had a, a camera set up in one of the rooms in this little building. And uh, we caught a shadow figure. Um, huh. And uh, uh-huh. yeah, it was pretty, it's quite interesting. Um, and then another fil- another video in the same room at the same angle, actually, you see some like a uh, like anomaly type thing um, manifesting itself, like on the other side of the same exact screen. So two different videos, two different periods of time, but none of us were in that room, and it's an enclosed room. So there's only one door, one way in, one way out. So that was pretty interesting
2: as well.
0: Yeah, that's kind of creepy. That's that's creepy.
2: creepy.
0: <laughs> so I understand that one of your investigators yeah, is it Juanita? She comes from a long line of healers. Yes. Um, yes. What, so what exactly drew her to begin the team and start the team? Do you know? Did she give you any like stories about her like, experiences?
1: Well, um, she's always been connected to the paranormal. Um, she is what you would call a psychic medium as well. You know, She feels different energies and she's had you know, experiences pretty much her whole life. So, um, I'm not exactly 100% positive as to what, you know, drove her to start the team. I can't recall. Um, she might have told me once before, but I I can't say for sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, she's actually, um, she's a very, she's very sensitive.
0: So she's like a genuine (laughs) psychic. Yes. That's fascinating. Do you have any like, uh, spiritual connections to the paranormal at all?
1: Um, I'm not sensitive by any means. Um, I don't actually feel things. I don't see things. I don't hear things, you know, um, unless it's like in real time, I'm not sensitive. Like I can't really walk into a building and say, yes, I definitely feel the change of energy. There are some places that I have been where I did feel something different and very strange and odd to where I can say, wow, yeah, I, you know, but it's very rare that it happens to me. <laughs> So I pretty I pretty much just go off of our equipment and what we get with our devices.
0: Well, that's good. It seems being sensitive could be pretty freaky.
1: Yeah, yeah. It seems like it would be. I mean, sometimes I get a little jealous, you know, wishing I was. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I'm mm. grateful that I'm not.
0: <laughs> have you ever had any uh, investigations where you felt like you might be in danger?
1: No, I have not. Um, I have not encountered anything malevolent, nothing dangerous or demonic or anything like that. Um, we do tell our clients though that if they do feel like they're being malevolently attacked, to you know let us know immediately and I will bring somebody in to spiritually cleanse the place. Um, but I have not run into anything like that so far.
0: Well, that's good. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Have you ever heard of the paranormal (laughs) investigator, Gaurav Tiwari? I have not. He's a famous Indian investigator and uh, who, by all appearances, basically died from paranormal. Oh, wow. He got really into it and he started doing all kinds of investigations and whatnot. And in his career, he investigated over, I think, 6,000 cases. And he traveled across the world to, like, the most darkest and frightening places, all surrounded by, like, horrifying paranormal lore. And uh, after investigating a possessed young girl, he was found strangled to death in his bathroom. Wow. And, um... Well, he wasn't found strangled to death. He was actually alive at the time when they found him, but he died on the way to the hospital, I think. Mm -hmm. But the doctors could not find any physical evidence of him being strangled
1: wow so that's it's almost like
0: yeah yeah he brought something home with him and it killed him that's one of the most fascinating cases i've ever heard of paranormal investigators straight picking off more than they can chew and ending up dying from it
1: yeah hmm. that's, that's definitely interesting though
0: yeah his name is uh grov tarari anyway mm-hmm. You've never had any horrifying experiences like that, but have you ever? Uh, or what's the ratio do you think between when you go to investigations and they turn out to just be somebody being paranoid, to legitimate hauntings?
1: Um. Well, it happens actually a lot. Um. I'd say. Um. I would say like maybe sixty forty. Um. That that's that, that's what pops in my head when it comes to that because. Um, I'm a skeptic on some things, you know, and I do believe that, um, electricity has a lot to do with, you know, the way people think and depending on how much electricity they have in their homes and, and, you know, if they're, it it can affect, you know, the mentality and it can definitely make somebody paranoid. So I do, you know, debunk, you know, quite a bit of experiences with that. But at the same time, I also believe, you know, that... What people experience in their own homes is completely different than, you know, what we will experience as an investigator coming into their home, you know. So just because, you know, we go into somebody's home and, you know, they are freaking out and paranoid or whatever, like we can't automatically assume, you know what I mean? And we don't always get something either. So it's really hard to say whether or not they really are having these experiences or not. I mean, we try our best to, you know, validate it, but, you know, sometimes we just can't. So...
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, have you ever visually seen a ghost?
1: Um, I can't really say for certain that I have. Um, you know, there's a moment that I question, but I can't really say for sure because, you know, I, 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 I wear corrective lenses and whatnot, so <laughs> like I don't believe that i actually saw anything i ever i have seen anything ever i mean i've heard things you know things have happened but i've never actually seen a spirit
0: what about spiritual type activity like stuff moving um, on their own
1: yes i uh absolutely i have witnessed some interesting things happening by themselves
0: <laughs> can you elaborate that sounds interesting
1: Of course. Um, Well, I'd have to say the first one that I encountered was we stayed at the St. James Hotel. And that's located here in Cimarron, New Mexico. It's an old Wild West town. Um, Very historical. Billy the Kid's been there. Uh, Jesse James. There's been a lot of Wild West uh, visitors to this hotel. And it was our first stay at the hotel. And um, we heard footsteps walking around the bed um, in the middle of a nap. (laughs) And the floor is very creaky, and uh, we were the only guests in the hotel at the time. Um, there were other guests that checked in, but not until later in the night. So that was quite interesting. That was the first time, you know, um, you know, I, I, unexplained footsteps. I, I've ever experienced that. Um, the other only thing that happened over there was my camera got knocked off the mantle, and the batteries like popped out of it, and everything like it was thrown. On the floor by some unknown force. So that was also an uh, interesting experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, just, uh, yeah. Just, go on.
1: Oh no, no! I was just uh, gonna say that the other crazy experience that I had I want to mention was the legal tender here in Lamy, New Mexico. Um, we had some poker chips um, thrown um, just across the room, <laughs> and uh, right in front of everybody. Yes. Well, the first time it happened, it was just me and one of my team members. Um, We were actually in transition from one AVP session to another. So from one room to another, we were taking a break. I went by this table. I grabbed my flashlight. We went back to our base table and we heard some some noise from across the room. And both me and him looked at each other wondering, what was that? So we turned the light on and we noticed that there was a poker chip um, on the floor. So we tried recreating it, but we couldn't recreate the exact sound that we heard. So we turned the lights back off and uh, we stayed listening for a little while. And then all of a sudden we heard another one. And sure enough, we turn the light on and we go over there and uh, there was another poker chip just thrown on the floor by Uh some unknown force. (laughs) So whatever spirit this was, enjoyed playing with poker chips, but... Not in the traditional way that you would play with a poker chip, obviously.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was probably
2: just trying to mess with you. (laughs)
1: Yes, (laughs) (laughs) definitely. And not to mention, the second time we went, that's uh, investigation number two at the same place, I decided to take my own poker chips. We spread them across all the tables in the entire place just to see if anything would happen. And sure enough, we got a total of three poker chips thrown that night. (laughs) Wow. So, yeah it was
0: neat. So do you ever have like weird (laughs) anomalous (laughs) situations where you can't like get your electronics to work? Right.
1: Yes. Um, it actually happened at the same place. Um, I was trying to show my team member something on my phone and all of a sudden my phone just went crazy. It was like, it, it malfunctioned for the first time. And I've never seen my phone do anything. I couldn't even turn it off. Like he had to help me turn my phone off because I could not turn my phone off. It was very strange. Um, But there have been incidences where, you know, our cameras would just stop working. They'll just turn off or the battery will just die or whatever. And yeah, I'd say that's definitely something messing with us, Um, you know, because it happens.
0: So when I've made a couple episodes (laughs) about like uh, ghost stuff or like thought forms or uh even mentioning like demons and things of that nature i have mm-hmm. come across situations where files would just wouldn't even open and i've also mm-hmm. come across situations where um like it's not like they would be deleted but they would be corrupted somehow like like the mm-hmm. the the video or not video the voice recording file and uh Luckily, I always keep like three or four copies, and I even uh, export and email myself side copies because, like, I've always come across like weird, stupid crap when it comes to re- electronics and stuff. So it hasn't really messed with any of my episodes, but I have come across like weird, anomalous stuff, but it's only when I'm talking about things of that nature.
1: Wow. Something demonic.
0: Or just like anything that, that, uh, you know, like uh, if I'm talking about like Slender Man or, or hauntings or mm-hmm. cursed objects or demonic entities mm-hmm. or just supernatural entities in general. Uh, yeah, that's happened to me.
1: Wow, that's interesting.
0: Which isn't a scary <laughs> thing. It's just like, what the hell, you know?
1: Yeah, that's odd.
0: <laughs> Something's messed with my electronics.
1: <laughs> wow, trying to get your attention, probably.
0: <laughs> or trying to stop me from saying stuff. That's more like the gist I got.
1: That's (laughs) that's true, too. Yeah, very well could be.
0: (laughs) So when you're on these paranormal investigations, how do you stay calm?
1: It's very easy, actually. Um, You know, especially if it's quiet. You know, you go in. It's quiet at at first, of course, because, you know, everybody's quiet in the room and they're starting to ask questions and starting to talk to the spirits and whatnot. and. Um, I mean when something actually happens, that's when it gets a little challenging to stay calm because you know you automatically get this adrenaline rush and you just get like excited and like you know, when the poker chip thing happened to us at the legal tender, for example, I was like falling asleep, I was yawning, I was getting so tired and then all of a sudden this poker chip you know incident happened and it just woke me right up <laughs> and uh you know it gave me a little bit of um, excitement. I mean, I was, it it scared me a little bit, you know, I mean, how can you not get a little scared from time to time? So
0: it probably um, activated the fight or flight instinct.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I was just, you know, amazed. Um, so, you know, when stuff like that happens, then of course, you know, it definitely causes excitement, but you can't be the type of person as a paranormal investigator to just run out of a building or something crazy like that. You know, you have to like, of course
0: not. Yeah, it's a job.
1: Stay there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's what you do. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, but for the most part, you know, it's, it's usually real easy to stay calm.
0: I don't know if I could stay calm. <laughs> So what kind of challenges or hurdles does your team face when going on paranormal investigations and uh, how do you overcome them?
1: You know, nothing too big. Um, I mean, probably the biggest challenges, uh, you know, for me, for example, would be, you know, trying to get permission to get into certain buildings. I mean, that can be a little challenging. You know, you have to Mm -hmm. call the person in charge and then sometimes you have to go through hoops to get a hold of, somebody to, you know, allow you to, to come in and investigate. And sometimes they will say, no, sorry, not at this time. You know, taking projections is a little difficult always. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But as far as like the, the team goes and like all of us, you know, I mean, it's kind of like probably getting our schedules together um, because a lot of times, you know, if there's an investigation that pops up and, and there's only certain days or, or, you know, that it's available, let's say, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to get everybody together you know, for the investigation. So sometimes you're, you know, just stuck with just one person or maybe there's just, you know, three of you or, or, or whatever. I mean, I won't go personally on an investigation by myself because I yeah. think that's just yeah. crazy.
2: <laughs> I used to do that.
1: Yeah. But that's pretty much the only challenge I think other than that, it's pretty smooth, I would say.
3: Hello, my name is Nessie. You might remember me from such places as Loch Ness, because I'm the Loch Ness Monster. Cryptic Chronicles is sponsored by Blueberry. If you're interested in making your own podcast, just go to Blueberry.com, or by going to CrypticChronicles.com, click on the sponsor link, on the homepage, by going through Cryptic Chronicles, you will not only be helping to support the show, but you'll also have the best podcasting post on the market. There's no contracts, and you can cancel anytime. You'll have free 24-hour tech support, syndication with your own RSS feed as well as a plethora of other goodies that only professional podcasters use. There's no third-party sites to log into. Never leave your own website. You remain in control. All you have to do is produce your podcast, write your blog post, and then publish with 29,000 plugins to pick from. By going through Cryptid Chronicles, you'll have one month free of the best podcast statistics, as well as one month free of the best podcast hosting. So go through our sponsor, Blueberry, today. And if you can, visit Loch Ness, because I am very hungry. So
0: one time when I was doing an investigation, I actually did well I used to, I've done a couple and I've gone all by myself, and um, it was at this gas station where this dude was supposedly killed and there was a haunting or whatever. I didn't see anything at all, but I was taking pictures with my phone, and um, when I was leaving, I felt like like uh, it was down a street, so there's cars parked all the way down the street, you know, like next to the sidewalk. And Mm -hmm. as I was walking down, I would hear, like, this, like, thump from car to car to car. And I don't know if it was just me being scared or it could have been anything, you know, but it seemed real to me. That was probably the scariest one, that that thing that happened to me on one of my investigations. But I actually got, when I was looking at all my pictures, I got this really weird image in one of the pictures of this apparition... That looks like it's wearing like a gas mask. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. I can link it to you and I'll link it in the show notes. But uh, okay. Other, other than that, nothing really scary has happened to me on my own investigations.
1: Oh, well, that's good.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was bizarre, though. Yeah,
1: yeah, that sounds like it. It's interesting.
0: So what was uh, <laughs> what brought you what was the calling that brought you to Paranormal?
1: Well, I, um, I've always been into ghosts, you know, um, I've always been a big fan of, of scary things. Like <laughs> I was brought up with, you know, horror movies and, and, you know, blood and gore and, and, you know, being kids, we would get bored in the playground and just make up stories about boxes we would find in the field, you know. And <laughs> so I've always been into stuff like that. Um, there was the scary stories to tell in the dark, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, always, always, you know, fun for me. Um, and uh, I was really getting into watching the paranormal TV shows, you know, that were, I think they were first starting out um, at the time, they were getting big and you know, it was becoming a thing like Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures and, you know, some of the originals. And, um, you know, I, I was all of a sudden just inspired. And I thought, you know what, I'm not going to watch just watch this on TV anymore. I'm actually going to go and do it myself. So,
2: <laughs>
1: so I looked it up <laughs> on YouTube and, uh, you know, to find out, well, how do I do this? And uh, sure enough, I got instruction to, you know, contact the paranormal local teams in the area and, you know, see what you can do. And that's exactly what I did. I emailed a lot of different teams and I was finally recruited um, into one of them. And I've been doing it professionally ever since.
2: So you and were inspired by TV. Yeah, the TV. The yeah. TV shows. Yeah.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. Because I was like, wow, they're out there, you know, going into haunted places and they're looking for ghosts and they're they're catching activity. And it's, you know, awesome. And uh, so, yeah, I wanted to do it, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome. It's uh, it's interesting uh, because most people who, who like get into your field of work, they usually have some sort of like strange spiritual experience of some sort.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Or, you know, some kind of a sensitive connection or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, Maybe they've grown up in a haunted house or who knows what the case may be. But, you know, not for me. For me, it was just, you know, more, um, you know, wanting to communicate with the other realm, I guess you can say, Um, you know, wanting to, you know, talk to ghosts like i mean it's not a normal thing yeah. you know not normal. Yeah. a person out there would just be like i want to talk to ghosts it just doesn't happen <laughs> <laughs> um, and anytime i tell people too sometimes i'm you know i get the response of wow you're crazy i would never do that you know <laughs> right but others are like wow how cool i want to go i'm like okay well you know let, let's see what i can find <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you but, just can't tell uh, any normal normie people
1: yeah, yeah, pretty much, you know, and I'm pretty proud of it. I mean, I don't, like, you know, go out there and, like, announce it to the world, but every time it comes up, you know, I'm happy to talk about it. You know, I'm like, of course, yes, let's talk about this. I want to hear it, and I want to talk about it, and, um, you know, it, it's just, it's fun. And helping people, that's another thing that I found. Um, becoming, you know, a professional paranormal investigator, you get to help people who are afraid in their own home. You get to go in and, and you know repeatedly sometimes we have to like tell them like you know you have control over your own home you know you can speak out against them and say stop doing this stop scaring me you know because you have control in your own home and the living definitely has more control over the dead so you know i don't like my clients to say i'm scared i'm like i understand you're scared but you don't have to be you know so i enjoy helping people in the process for sure
0: what were some of your (laughs) most successful cases where you really helped people
1: Um, Well there was one case where we were helping a family we went in for two investigations and the same evidence came out on both investigations. We have these devices that um, they have like REM pods and um, they're basically like a... It's like an antenna and every time you touch the antenna it makes a noise, it's like an alarm. Um, But you have to touch the antenna, it won't just go off by itself. So we had several of those, you know, across the floor and we got activity both investigations on the millimeters and um, the lady she was experiencing um, fear you know she had anxiety she had depression and whatnot and um, I even um, invited one of my um, colleagues he's a psychic medium on to the investigation to also help her because he's also very religious and he gave her some you know religious advice and whatnot too and um, we ended up going in to do a cleansing So, you know, we scrubbed their walls and we did, you know, um, I don't personally do the cleansings, but I know people who do. So I brought somebody in to cleanse the home and I told them, if you have any more issues, you know, feel free to get get a hold of me. You know, we'll come back and we'll do these cleansings as many times as we have to just to make you feel comfortable in your own home. And um, I never got a call from them again. um, So I, I guess everything ended up okay for them. That's my only assumption that I can really make. I mean, I lost contact with them completely. So yeah.
0: Who did the cleansings? Is it someone from your team?
1: Yeah, I am actually, um, there's another team here locally called Paranormal New Mexico, and it's kind of a compilation of all kinds of different local teams from our area. So like Path of Souls Paranormal and like other teams here locally, are part of the larger you know paranormal new mexico team and um there are people that i met from that team that you know do cleansings and and the psychic medium work and so on and so forth so i try to bring them along when i can that's cool you know to conduct yeah to conduct that so that helps
0: maybe in the future we can get some of them on
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I'll mention it to the director and, uh, That'd be fantastic. Yeah. hmm Absolutely.
0: Do you have anyone on your team though that can do cleansing?
1: Um, on my team specifically, no, yeah. but like I said, I'm very close with others. Um, so I do, I am, um, I do participate in, in investigations with another team as well. Um, I'm also one of their team members as well as have my own team, of course. And there is, um, there is a sensitive on that team. Um, on I'll say on my other team that, uh, she also does cleansings as well. So, I mean, I know several people, um, not specifically on my team, but yeah, I do know several people who do them.
0: What exactly (laughs) entails a cleansing? Like, what do they do?
1: I think it just depends. Um, you know, mostly it's, Kind of like a magical thing, you know. I mean, they they like they're they're um, they're into Wicca, and you know they'll oh, nice. bring in candles. They'll set up candles and they'll set up, you know, um, stones and crystals, and and they'll you know um, do chants and, and prayers, like you know, chanted prayers and stuff like that. And uh, she had us clean walls, and um, it was it was quite interesting. Like I said, that was the only actual cleansing that I was like really, you know a part of, um, cause I brought her on and it was quite interesting why I brought her on. Um, she was actually getting images of this investigation that we were working on. Um, she went and she posted something on Facebook, um, and it correlated with the investigation we were working on. So I mentioned, I was like, well, we do have a case and, you know, I can't exactly recall, um, what it was that she saw though but she did know that there was somebody in trouble and uh so i brought her on to the second investigation and then when the homeowner said yes we want a cleansing then i said okay well you conduct cleansings as well so why don't i you know have you do the cleansing and she's and she agreed to it she was perfectly fine with it so
2: um, they bust out Sage? <laughs> uh,
1: yes yes that's the one big thing that I can't leave out <laughs> is the sage. That's like probably one of the most important parts of a cleansing is saging.
0: Definitely. What did you tell them that they can do on their side to assist in the cleansing?
1: Um, the client talking to them. Yeah. Uh, talking to whatever entity it is that's bothering them, you know, tell, explain. Like explaining to them, you know, um, take control over this. You know, tell them you're not welcome here. You know, you're bothering me. Stop scaring me. You know, you are not welcome. Um, if there's any ener- negative energy, please go away. You know, we don't want negative energy in my home. And uh, mm-hmm. so that's like what I, you know, advise the client to do personally um, to try to help it out. And uh, of course, I told them, if I were you, go to some you know metaphysical store maybe that you have in the area, buy yourself some sage, open all the doors and windows, go around your house, every single corner, you know, because I do it to my home as well. I, I sage my home every once in a while as well. And that's how I do it. So I advise the same thing that I do, basically.
0: So from what I know, one of the main things that you can do to cleanse your home of negative energy or negative spirits is to clean it
2: hmm.
0: Is that true? To just keep it clean? Yes.
1: And uh, I would say that's a big part. Yeah. Um, like she had us scrubbing the walls, you know, I mean, that's part of cleaning a home, you know, I mean, uh, it, it It helps. I think it definitely helps because of course, you know, it's going to help with your mentality as well. I mean, having a dirty, cluttered home is, you know, it's not very healthy. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, to clean the home definitely helps. Um, I mean, you know, some people have issues and, and they can't or, or whatnot. So I, I'd say the best they can try to do is just sage them, you know, in that case. Cause, Cause it seems like works. negative entities
0: are really attracted to dirty places.
1: You think so? Yeah, I guess they, they can be, they can be. Um, but I mean, there are instances where negative energies also Attract themselves to clean places too, um, but I don't. That that's interesting. I mean, I'd have to look that up a little more. Um, do some research on that part.
0: And that's more like a, a cult than mainstream paranormal investigation. But yeah,
1: yeah, because so just, uh, yeah.
0: divine beings or higher beings or more positive beings, according to occult lore can't really Mm -hmm. enter an area that's like dirty and filthy or has negative energy in it. Whereas a negative being thrives in it and is even attracted to it. And well, even if they find people there in that negative space, they'll try and Mm -hmm. entice those people to do to create more negative energy.
1: I see. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. I can see that happening.
0: So during the cleansing, it's like you should clean your, you clean your house, and mm-hmm. sage everything, pray, you know, all that good stuff. That would probably be the best way, do you think?
1: Yes. Yeah, that would be the best way. Because like I said, a clean home also helps with the mentality as well, with the mental health. You know, yeah. it's important. Definitely, I'd say important.
0: psychology plays a huge factor in paranormal. Yeah. Because a lot of the time, it's just in people's heads.
1: Mm-hmm. That's very true. Very, very true.
0: And their own psychic natures that uh, they're not really aware of. Or happen spontaneously, similar to poltergeist activity being inspired by young children.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, that is very true.
4: Hi there! Thanks for listening to Cryptic Chronicles. The show is sponsored by Blueberry, and if you're interested in starting your own podcast, use our link. We'll even give your podcast a shout-out. Go to cryptochroniclespodcast.com and click on the Blueberry link on the, Blueberry link on the homepage. By doing so, you'll be helping the show. Blueberry is optimized for iTunes as well as all podcast hubs. You won't have to worry about expensive contracts or fees. In fact, you won't have to leave your own website. You'll have your own RSS feed and no third-party sites. Try it for a month free Try by going, free through month Crypto free, Crypto free, going through Cryptic Chronicles. <laughs> Also, if you're a fan of cryptic content, please support the show on Patreon. By giving just $1 a month, you can really assist us in posting more content frequently. You'll also have access to bonus ad-free episodes of the show and the Discord channel. To keep up with all Cryptic Chronicles content, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and of course Facebook. Give the Facebook page a like and join the Cryptic Chronicles group. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for supporting the show, but most of all, thanks for listening.
5: Dear listener, have you ever had a paranormal experience? A spiritual or esoteric experience? Have you ever seen a UFO or something that you could not explain? Have you ever witnessed anomalous activity that defies reality? Have you ever experienced unexplained mysteries of existence? If you have your own cryptic tale and would like to have it shared on the podcast, then call 1-800-757-6049 and leave a message of your experience. If it's what Cryptic Chronicles is all about, then it will be shared on the show. Just make sure you thought about what you will say ahead of time, and give a clear and concise account. Also make sure to leave your name, where you're from, or any information that will assist in making a clear picture to portray to listeners of Cryptic Chronicles. Once again, call 1-800-757-6049. That's 1-800-757-6049. We look forward to hearing from you.
0: So, what's something that people often misunderstand about paranormal investigation?
1: Um, probably that uh, you know things always happen when you go on a paranormal investigation. Um, because things don't always happen. Um, yeah. you know, especially if you conduct tours, you know, in a public place and whatnot. Like, you have to like tell people, like, just so you know, you won't always catch something. I mean, sometimes you know, you don't catch anything at all. Sometimes you catch a lot. You just, it's a lot like fishing, how my mentor would put it, you know, like it's a hit or miss. You just never know what's going to happen. So you can't automatically assume that if you're going to go on a paranormal investigation, that you're going to catch paranormal activity.
0: (laughs) Yeah, especially if the entity has no interest in showing itself or interacting with you.
1: Exactly, exactly. And, you know, sometimes people can have the attachments themselves you know, versus the building having the attachments. Um,
2: You're talking about people being haunted?
1: Yes. Yes, because that happens quite often too. You know, um, people have attachments, you know, especially if they're suffering from mental illness or whatever the case may be. um, That also happens. So, um, you know, when that happens, you have a paranormal team go into your house and they're not going to get anything because it's connected to the person and not the house. (laughs)
2: Yeah. So, yeah. That's
0: probably a lot harder to handle.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely.
0: There's something I was going to ask. It's slipping my mind, though. Oh, yeah. So is there anybody on your team that has experiences of actually seeing these entities or seeing spirits on investigations that you've gone on?
1: Um. No, as far as I know, my team members haven't actually seen anything. Um, They've had EVPs, they've captured, you know, noises um, and poltergeist activity, meaning, you know, um, things flying across the room. But I don't think any of them have actually ever seen entities.
0: What are some creepy EVPs? Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, one of my team members—I um, guess that's what got him into the paranormal—is he was working at an undisclosed um, location, and uh, he set his his—I guess it was his phone—down, um, you know, in a certain location, and to record. And nobody was in there. And while he was gone, he he played back whatever he recorded, and he heard screams, like loud, wailing screams. But not only the screams, it sounded like a whipping sound was going along with those screams. What? So, yeah, like, you'd hear, like, the whip, and then you'd hear the scream, and just several times of that, and uh, that was pretty eerie, listening to that.
0: That's a psychic imprint. (laughs) But uh,
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so... That um, was something that my team member experienced and that's what got him into the paranormal field so um, that's crazy
0: <laughs> so I've had some experiences where I've been recording episodes podcast episodes on my own and like I'm editing them you know listening to it and whatnot and I've heard uh-huh. some, some weird stuff
1: really just going through the recording
0: just editing
1: yeah Wow, interesting. Okay.
0: I don't really want to get into that though.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> it's neat, though. It sounds intriguing.
0: <laughs> yeah, scary stuff just intrigues me. It usually doesn't frighten me. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some like EVPs that you've heard?
1: Well, um, let's see here. I caught a really good one, actually. Um we went to stay at the Jerome Grand Hotel in Jerome, Arizona, um, several years back, and um, I read all about it in this book, Ghost, um, uh, what is it? Ghost Stories of the West or something like that. I, I, I'd have to find the book. Um, anyway, um, and I was uh, doing a spirit box session, and Oh nice. You know, oh, nice. yeah, and uh, spirit box basically is an uh, AM/FM radio that that. You know, it, it has frequencies, and you, you switch it to like the fastest frequency, and it flushes through all the stations so incredibly fast that you can't really make out any actual radio stations. So if anything actually does come through it, then you know we take that as a actual spirit. Um, so we had I had that on, and I was asking questions. I said, um, I hear that there's a little boy who's uh, who likes to play on this floor, and just maybe a couple seconds after I said that, I heard a little boy's voice through it saying me (laughs) but that was in real time that wasn't necessarily EVP it was real time but it was still really neat and I'll still remember that forever
0: (laughs) yeah that's creepy (laughs) creepy.
1: yeah definitely and um, when we were at the legal tender another really good one that came out loud and clear um, we were in one of the rooms and we were you know just talking amongst ourselves Um, I think we were kind of doing an EVP session in there just you know kind of Mm -hmm. talking casually and all of a sudden, you hear sort of an older woman's voice saying, chair. And the funny thing about that was there there was a, an old antique wheelchair sitting in the corner of that room. Um, so I think that whatever it was that came through was connected to that antique wheelchair. So that was an interesting EVP.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs>
1: Definitely. Um, but yeah, those are just a couple of, so many i mean i love going through my review because you know every time i catch something i have to listen to it over and over again just to make sure that i'm not you know <laughs> just like hearing somebody else talk or, or or what but that it's an actual evp so
0: spirit boxes are like the best form of evps but they can be really creepy to certain people like um yes. I'm very familiar with spirit boxes, but I also know people who just like straight up won't be around or listen to them because it just disturbs them.
1: Yeah, they are a little annoying. You know, I mean, you can't do one for too long unless you're getting response after response because it will give you a a headache.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And you also sometimes you get like extremely scary responses.
1: Yeah. Yes, that's true, too. (laughs) But they're fun to use, though. That's for sure.
6: Welcome to the Chamber of Mysteries. I am Anubis, the Egyptian god of death and guide through the underworld. Recently, the goddess Ma'at pointed out to me that the scales of justice have not been in balance. This is not good, and can bring chaos to the multiverse. But you, dear mortal may help in averting this cosmic disaster by supporting Cryptic Chronicles. In doing so, you will gain ad-free episodes of the podcast, as well as bonus content only for patrons. In spreading free thinking and higher knowledge, the forces of darkness are kept at bay. Simply subscribe to The Chronicler's Vault at CrypticChronicles.com And by pledging a single dollar a month, you can help keep Apophis in the void and Ra's Sky Chariot soaring proudly through the universe.
3: Anubis, don't forget to tell them about iTunes and spreading the show.
6: Oh, right. Thank you, Ma'at. Please, mortal, help broaden the scope of listeners for the podcast by leaving a good review on iTunes, and share every episode or any Cryptic Chronicles content as much as you can, spreading it across all the consciousness of humanity. Help fight the darkness by supporting Cryptic Chronicles, and assist the Goddess of the Scales and I, Anubis, God of Death and bringing balance to the planes of existence. Farewell, mortal.
0: Do you think that these entities talking through EVPs are actual one time human spirits or are they possibly other entities pretending to be human?
1: Um, I think it could be a mixture of both, you know, um, I mean, you've got your two types of hauntings, you've got your residual and you have your intelligent, but then you also have the malevolent. you know. Um, so that's why it's always good to be very careful when conducting something like that, because you always have to close it. Um you know, uh, yeah. just in case any yeah. negative does come out of it, because it's hard to tell. But I mean,
0: otherwise they may take it as an invitation.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Because people have brought home stuff with them a lot of times that they did, did not want to bring home with them.
1: Yes, that is very true. <laughs> <It happens. laughs> how do you
0: how do you usually close a session like that?
1: Well, the simple just saying thank you, you know, I mean, we we go into every investigation with respect. I just want to point that out. You know, we're not uh, provoking anything or anyone. We don't want to disrespect anybody or anything in any way whatsoever, because the chances of getting something malevolent are higher by doing that. And um, Yeah, you're
0: just asking for trouble
1: exactly and so we'll go in with respect you know um and then at the very end we'll say simply well thank you so much for communicating with us thank you for listening to us thank you for talking to us um and uh goodbye you know just closing it off just saying goodbye and thank you have a nice day
2: (laughs) do you
0: do any visualizations with it at all um like how so Um, Well, I'm a big-time reader, and I just, like, destroy books. So I've read books on, you know, paranormal investigation and stuff like that. And one of the books I read, I don't remember which one it was, actually. It must have been a while ago. But the person talked about how in order to, like, uh, do things on the plane that they exist on, that you need a good way to have influence there is to visualize. So, like, you can, like, actually visualize a door closing, or you can visualize locking the building out, like away from you, things of that nature. Uh-huh. And that has really seemed to help a lot of paranormal investigators.
2: That's
1: actually not a bad idea. I haven't tried that uh, when it comes to opening or closing, but I mean, I have tried that when it comes to protection.
2: Um, yeah. you know, yeah.
1: Somebody actually kind of trained me how to protect myself that way. Um, but yeah, I've never actually tried it in the opening or the closing of the investigations. So I'm willing to try that, though. That sounds pretty, you know, pretty solid. Definitely. Yeah,
0: visualization seems to have a pretty big influence in the the spirit world, the astral plane, the ether, whatever you want to call it. It almost seems just as real there as it is as you visualize it in your head,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which is fascinating. Yeah, I will
1: definitely give that a try. Yeah, can't hurt.
0: But were there any times where you were trying to do a closing and it didn't work? Um, let
1: me think. Let me think. Um, uh, no, I can't say there was ever a time. I mean, you know, there's those times when when you know you're ending a, an investigation, but it doesn't mean that the activity is going to stop. You know what I mean? So yeah, you can't like I can't really compare that. Um, but no, I've never actually, you know tried to close something but it didn't close like i've never actually had that type of experience
0: how do the ghosts usually or the spirits how do they usually linger if they're not closed or if they decide to follow or anything of that nature is it psychological or is it emotional or is it just instinct and feelings how do how do you know if something's not going right
1: um it would probably be a mixture of all of it you know um because I mean, like I said, I haven't had enough, you know, experience with anything malevolent to to actually know for sure, you know, something that we're trying to stop from happening. Um, I haven't uh, had, you know, much of that experience. Um, what I did experience though at this last case that we had, um, we were staging the home, and we heard, and we had the door cracked open, the front door, and as we were ending the staging we heard this odd scream, like a child's scream. It sounded like it was right outside the front door. It was really odd, but it was a scream, and we went outside, it was raining that night, and this is an apartment building. So we looked, you know, we went down the stairs, we looked right, we looked left, we went in the back, we looked right, we, we looked all over the place, it was really late at night. And for a child to be out at that time of night in the rain, screaming, (laughs) it just made absolutely no sense to us. (laughs) But we figured that whatever it was that we were staging left. So that was probably the only time, you know, um, we've dealt with something, but I can't say that we've actually dealt with something that, you know, didn't want to go away. Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) So you've never came across an entity that was like uh, formidable or possibly even dangerous?
1: No, I have not yet. Um, I mean, if I do, I'm definitely going to proceed with caution, but I have not dealt with anything like that yet. Um, You know, um, we just go as far as claims, you know, Um, if people are afraid, we'll just, we'll help them as best we can. I even know a priest who works in the paranormal field as well. You know, if they prefer to bring him in to do a blessing, then that's what we'll do as well. Um, but we've never, I've never had anything persistent, I guess, so to speak.
0: You um, have
2: a priest. a priest?
1: Yeah.
0: That's interesting. He works with the the, Wic- the Wiccan people?
1: No, no, that's completely separate.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't see them working no, together. No, he's a
1: different Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's different. He, he does, you know, he's, he's on the religious aspect of it all. So, I mean, you know, if you have a client who's, who's, you know, Catholic, um, for example, and they want, you know, and they prefer to have a priest come in to do a blessing, then that's what we do. But, you know, if they're, if they're not really affiliated with any type of religion, and they're okay with just bringing, you know, um, a Wiccan in to do, you know, their magic, then that's what we do as well. So, I mean, we give our clients the options. It's all so from my want, knowledge, right? like people, sorry, no, 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 I'm good. I'm done.
0: <laughs> like entities don't, like uh, if a priest came in and the entity didn't subscribe to Christianity when it was alive, the priest's cleansing won't work. Is that, have you found that to be true or not?
1: I don't have enough evidence to say that's true or not true. Cause, uh, I haven't had any, you know, any case like that yet. Um, I mean, I've offered it and, you know, um, but that's as far as I've gone really. So
0: like a native American spirit who is, uh, maybe haunting an area of land and somebody builds a house there and then brings Mm -hmm. in a priest to cleanse it after paranormal activity starts the, uh, native American spirit probably is just going to laugh.
1: Right. Yeah, no, that, that's, that makes sense. I mean, that's completely reasonable, which is why there's options. You know, yeah, that's why yeah. I mean, even so like, you, you know, if the client wants a cleansing and they want, you know, the, the, the Wiccan type of cleansing with the sage and the, the rose or the sage and the, the candles and whatnot, then we'll bring them in. But I tell them, if you want to go further and do a different type of cleansing, we can do that too, you know, and they can go with a with the priest if they'd like. So I guess it just depends, you know, on what we're dealing with and we don't really know until it actually yeah. happens.
0: Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people in the West would prefer the priest over the Wiccan.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely.
0: So what makes you feel inspired to continue your research into paranormal investigation?
1: Well, I'm still intrigued by it. You know, Um, nonetheless, I still enjoy the thought of, you know, going out and looking for ghosts I mean even the history of some places I'm intrigued with you know just walking into a building that I know is at least 100 years old I'm just like astounded by it and I love the feeling of history and and almost as if the walls can talk they would you know um I just I love that and you know I gotta say that we have more to be afraid of in the living (laughs) than we do in the dead
0: (laughs) I feel like they have a huge role in influencing us, though.
1: Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I've been interested in, in it my whole life, and there's no reason to stop, you know, no reason.
2: Totally. You know, I
1: still love traveling and going places that are, you know, really old and historical and, and haunted and talking with whatever entities might reside there. You know, it's just, it's always been intriguing to me and helping What's, people, of course.
2: Oh yeah,
0: helping people is always fantastic. But what is the scariest like background story to a place that you've investigated?
1: Um. Well, I went to the Myrtles Plantation this last November. Um, oh, and it kind of speaks for itself. I mean, back in the day, were when they were, you know, slavery and 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 such. Um, there's definitely some horrific um stories, you know, to that place. But it was just an amazing place. Unfortunately, I didn't have any experiences per se. Surprisingly, <laughs> but um, it was still just beautiful. Um, and I really, really want to go back and investigate that place again because it was just absolutely gorgeous. Um, but yeah, I mean, the history of, of of a shooting. There's history of slavery. There's history of of um, you know hangings. And you name it, it's got some pretty horrific stories, but it's such a gorgeous place.
2: Did you, you see you the, haunted it, yeah, the haunted mirror?
1: The haunted what? I'm sorry.
0: The haunted mirror.
1: Yes, yes, I definitely I saw that mirror.
0: <laughs> what was that like? I
1: mean, I didn't see anything in the mirror. Um, but it was a pretty interesting mirror. I mean, I, it was it's a beautiful mirror, you know. um definitely gorgeous. And, uh, but yeah, it was pretty much just a mirror in my eyes.
0: (laughs) There weren't children's handprints on it from the other
2: side?
1: No, no, I didn't see anything like that. Um, I saw pictures that the gift shop had of people, you know, taking pictures in the mirror and stuff and some weird things that they would catch behind them and whatnot. But that was pretty much it. I didn't get anything off of the mirror itself.
0: Did you get any cool EVPs there? (laughs)
1: Well, I have not finished going through it, unfortunately, but so far, yes. Um, As soon as we were leaving our room for the first time, we were going out to dinner. We walked out of the room. There was a gentleman talking. Can't really make out what he's saying, but it sounded like he's like conversating, like almost with himself. It was really interesting. And that lasted for at least a couple of minutes.
0: (laughs) Was he possessed? I
1: got that. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. That's bizarre. Yeah, definitely. And there's history of the butler haunting that room. So I don't know if it was the butler or it was also General Bradford's room. So um, he was one of the owners, one of the original owners of the plantation, apparently. And uh, so it could have been him as well. I don't know. It's hard to say.
0: (laughs) Yeah. the legend of Chloe is pretty sad.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is a very sad story. But I'm very curious to see if she's going to pop up in any of my recordings.
0: <laughs> right. She's the one who trapped the kids yeah. in the mirror.
1: Mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah.
0: <laughs> after she
1: poisoned so them. After, yeah. There is a weird picture that I got, though. It might be her. I'm not sure. It's hard to tell because the face is completely distorted. But it's a woman um, in the middle of like this courtyard area. Because um, there's lots of tables and chairs and whatnot. It's the middle of the night and nobody was out. Um, but the face was distorted. She's wearing a black dress and it looked like she was looking right at me, like as I was taking the pictures.
0: Um, Did she have a turban on? Because so Chloe wears a turban, 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 turban to hide her turban. mutilated yeah. ear.
1: Right. Yeah. And I can't tell it's that distorted, but I can definitely tell that she's wearing a black dress and just standing there. Like you could just see something standing there. Very weird.
0: <laughs> Creepy. Yeah. Yeah, I love the Myrtle Plantation. I've actually covered it before on the show.
1: Oh, really? How cool. Yeah,
0: yeah it's, uh, it's I, I love legends of like cursed objects and stuff like that.
1: Oh, good. That's awesome. Have you been watching uh, Ghost Adventures Quarantine?
0: You know, I don't really watch TV at all.
1: Okay, yeah. And, I was and just I, gonna I, say... I'm
0: familiar with like ghost shows and whatnot. But to be honest, uh-huh. I have, I've never <laughs> seen a single episode of any of them.
1: I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Um, but I gotta say, I've been to the haunted museum, um, back Baggins haunted museum in Las Vegas, Nevada. We just went actually early March and wow. Um, it was quite interesting. Um, we were in one of the rooms and from my memory, from what I can recall, um, I was, um, you know, I was with two other people. I was with my husband and my niece and they were standing in the back of the room. I was standing in the front of the room and they had us watching a TV screen. And as I was watching the TV screen, I felt myself feeling faint, like I wanted to pass out. Like I was trying with everything inside of me to not pass out because I did not want to be quote unquote that person, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Cuz there was a camera looking right at us too, and I could, I would look at the camera that I'd look back at the the, the monitor.
2: What was and happening was just, to you?
1: I don't know. Like I was doing my breathing exercises. I could feel my heart start to race and go faster and faster and faster. I could even feel my, my pulse in my hands. My hands started getting clammy, like really clammy. And I started getting shaky. So I like bent my knees as much as I could, you know, and, and just worked on my breathing and and just hoped that they would let us out of that room like real soon finally they let us out, you know, and I went (laughs) to my people and I was like, Oh my gosh, I almost fainted. I can't believe it. Well, it turned out that, uh, when they filmed or when they did the first episode, they aired it, um, a couple weeks ago. Um, that was where he started the investigation because there's a history of women fainting in that specific room.
0: (laughs) Wow. So you were being affected by like (laughs) spiritual stuff. (laughs)
1: Yes, whatever it was that that makes women faint in that room was affecting me. And I don't feel things, you know, I I don't I don't normally, you know, say, oh, I have to step out for just a minute. Like I'm not that person, you know what I mean? So for something like that to happen to me, I was just hoping and hoping that I didn't have to go to the tour guide and say, you know, can I step out or, you know, whatever the case may be. I didn't want to be that person. So, I made it Barely, but I made it.
0: <laughs> yeah, you didn't pass out, luckily.
1: No, I didn't. But there's a lot of artifacts at that place, and you could feel the change in energy from just walking into the first room that they oh, take so you You can into. feel energy. I, I guess. I mean, <laughs> you know, not in general, but it had, it did happen to me there. It did. So it's, it's really odd, you know, I mean, the energy has to be that strong for me to feel it, I guess, I guess, you know?
0: Yeah, I feel like everybody can feel energy. They're just a lot of people are just closed off to it. So did you yeah. see the, the the Dybbuk box there?
1: Yes, yes, I did see it. I was hesitant to go in the room because um, they told us, you know, if you don't want to go in the room, that's fine. Just, you know, stand here on the side and we'll come get you when we're done. So I was one of the last people in there because I was thinking about it, thinking about it. And then finally I was like, you know what, I'll just go in. So I went in and I, I looked at it and I thought it was neat.
5: <laughs> um, Did you feel anything? I, guess
1: I didn't. I didn't feel anything in that room. No, especially compared to what I felt in the beginning of the tour. But uh, but it was an, a neat object though and apparently he opens it in this like mini-series that he filmed so kind of curious to see what happens
0: (laughs) Dibic demons are really nasty
1: yeah i've seen some videos on you know on them and they're not a good thing to mess with i would not mess with something like that
0: (laughs) well the scariest thing about them to me is just how they much they haunt you in your dreams
1: oh geez yeah i can't even imagine (laughs) I mean, wow. Yeah, seriously.
0: But I actually do I mean, know yeah. about the, the lore and the occult ways that the rabbi trapped the Dybbuk demon inside the cabinet, inside the Dybbuk box. And <laughs> I don't know if like they know this stuff, but once it was opened and all of that stuff was moved around with and messed with, that demon was pretty much let go.
1: Oh, Wow. And uh, in order to put it
0: back in the box, you would need (laughs) a rabbi that has many, many years of experience in esoteric lore. And um, are you familiar with Hebrew mythology at all or Hebrew uh, esotericism?
1: Not so much.
0: Okay, there's uh, something called the Kabbalah. Have you heard of the Kabbalah?
1: Uh It sounds familiar, yes.
0: So the Kabbalah is the Hebrew version of mysticism, like they're a cult. Oh, okay. And um, in order to actually trap a divic back in the box, you would need a rabbi who is an expert in Kabbalah and able to use all the rituals and spiritual stuff necessary to put the demon in the box. Oh. So while that box right now may still be scary and have some paranormal activity to it, it has only become an anchor. The demon doesn't necessarily have to be around it. It's just an anchor uh-huh. for it into the physical world now. Whereas it used to be a a prison.
1: Right. So
0: when they opened that thing up, they really messed up. (laughs) At least according to my knowledge.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. I mean, like I said, from videos that I've seen, you know, on them and whatnot, I I would not mess with something like that. I mean, it's sealed for a reason, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So I I would just leave it alone and don't touch it.
2: (laughs) I know,
0: (laughs) but people are gonna do what they're gonna do. But it looks like we're coming to an end. Um, thank you for joining me. Thank you. I hope that you had a a good time, and that we can get you and other members of your team or your associate team members to come back and get a big group conversation going. That'd be great.
1: Yes, definitely, it would be. I would be happy to bring anybody along.
0: Yeah, the more the merrier. We can make a whole series of episodes about it if you want. And uh, uh, do you have your website set up yet?
1: Not yet, not yet. I'll be working on that um, pretty soon. Here, um, been busy with review. I mean, we've we've had investigation after investigation. It's been it's been pretty crazy. But um, when things settle down a little bit, then I'm definitely going to get going on that. So
0: okay, just let me know All when, right, and I'll, I'll attach a link to it on the the post for the the episode. Oh,
1: okay. That sounds
0: good. Yeah. For now, though, listeners, make sure you go check out the Path of Souls Paranormal Facebook page, like, follow, and uh, further explore with them into the ineffable mysteries of paranormal investigation. And I hope we can have you and all your friends on again.
1: Definitely. It was my pleasure.
0: Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Alrighty. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. that was lydia eustace from path of souls paranormal was a pleasure to talk to her and i can't wait to meet her whole team of paranormal investigators they all seem pretty pretty fascinating especially her mentor who sadly couldn't make the interview today but i'm sure that we'll see them all soon enough you know the drill cryptic chronicles is available on itunes stitcher uh podbean any podcast hub if you got the time please leave us a good review would really help out the show and um i'd like to thank my patrons mark lane you're the man angie allen always awesome kenny you know you're my homie kenny uh leanna watts paul thank you stephanie wilkie and of course linda gonzalez i'm your host tim hacker and as a wise poet once said no life is worth living if we cannot be true to our nature